0: Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. On a Monday, we like to check in with the Australian Christian lobby. Martin Isles is the managing director of the ACL. Martin, a special welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. It's good to be back. Martin, there are always big issues we talk about. Uh, some of the issues today, let's start with a bill to decriminalise drugs in the ACT. This one is significant because the ACT seems to be leading the way to decriminalise drugs. Uh, What are your thoughts about developments?
1: Well, Neil, I sort of was reflecting on this a few moments ago before the interview, and I I thought people probably just need to know that this is a thing. Uh, I think a lot of people would find this really hard to accept or understand Uh, It's hard to keep up sometimes with just uh, how crazy some of our legislation can get uh, and some of the ideologies driving some of our members of parliament. Uh, And this is one of those things where you hear it and you sort of, your brain goes, oh, there must be more to that. Or, oh, there's uh, there's something else going on there. I don't think I understand that. Well, I just want to say to people... you do understand it. In the ACT, there is a uh, Labor MP who has brought forward legislation to decriminalise drugs. That's literally what it is. It doesn't matter whether it's ice, it doesn't matter whether it's heroin, doesn't matter what it is. Uh, it's decriminalised in uh, so-called consumer quantities. Uh, However, the ATT police chief has just come out um, uh, recently and said, well, the so-called consumer quantities that are in the bill, for example, for methamphetamine, it's two grams. He says, that's 20 doses. Uh, That's not a consumer quantity. Uh, And so uh, this legalization thing, it's all done under the very very, uh, attractive sounding mantra that, oh, drugs are a health issue. They're not. A, a criminal issue and that sounds good but I, I think the police chief has been very articulate in his comments uh, Commissioner Kershaw is, is his name uh, and he's come out and he said look in countries where they've tried this it's been a disaster because it has unforeseen consequences for organized crime it creates uh, drug tourism in the particular places where it is legalized that the ACT would be ripe for that Uh, And he says also it just doesn't work because drugs are a criminal issue. He said they are connected with major and organized and more serious crimes. Uh, he's said so many times in policing experience. Uh, domestic violence in particular is a massive one. Uh, dangerous driving is a massive one. Uh, various forms of violence and assault and murder, always there's, there's so often a drug connection. And so he's come out very strongly and said, this is absolutely the wrong path. Not to mention that the bill itself just gets the dosing quantities and everything wrong. Uh, as you say, Neil, the ACT is leading the way on this. Um, and I was about to say we, because I happen to live in the ACT, uh, but we decriminalised, the ACT decriminalised marijuana, uh, again, in so-called consumer quantities, so up to two plants per person uh, in 2021. So this is kind of the next phase, and I want people to know that this is a thing, this is actually an idea that some politicians have, uh, and in their crazy world, they think it's a good one. Uh, It's something that's being discussed in Victoria, for example, and so it could be the next thing coming on. But for anyone who is living in the ACT, we do have an online petition, an online campaign to send messages to the members of the Legislative Assembly here um, just go to our website acl.org.au and you should participate in that because even though most legislation is a foregone conclusion in the ACT because there's really no meaningful opposition here uh, this is one that we actually do have a chance of stopping because um, you know even members of the government are, are convincible one way or the other on this issue so worth participating in that campaign this is a very very, very dangerous piece of legislation. I don't want to live in a city where methamphetamine is illegal. Uh, That's insane to me. Uh, And so I think everybody should get on to it.
0: Just to reflect on this a moment, Martin, because most people, when they think of uh, decriminalising drugs, they're thinking of marijuana. Uh, But in the ACT, uh, just to confirm what you were saying, uh, it's not just marijuana, but it's heroin it's ice it's mdma and uh, replacing a jail sentence uh, with a simple fine so it's still a slap on the wrist but you're not likely to go to jail so uh, the thought that it's much much bigger than the than the uh, the, the, the focus on marijuana
1: yeah, exactly. And uh, it is all of those drugs, Neil. It's all drugs, um, all hard drugs. Um, it's, 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 it's legal in this, except for the fact that, as you say, you just get a $100 fine. Now, there's no criminal convictions. There's no court cases. There's no nothing like that. It's just a $100 fine. And when I reflect on the cost of some of these drugs, I go, well, a $100 fine is almost worth the risk, right, if you're desperate and you're addicted and all the rest of it because the cost of the drugs is already so high. A $100 fine is really not going to uh, change the circumstances very much at all. So it's a a very, very, very small penalty. It's not a criminal issue. Um, Yeah, again, I mean, the police will tell you and Commissioner Kershaw says this, uh, you know, ice, uh, meth. It's a terrible, 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 terrible scourge on our communities. It sends people into... Um, psychotic rages it makes people who otherwise wouldn 't be incredibly violent. It actually almost gives them a superhuman strength. I know that in the emergency department they need you know half a dozen security guards to hold down people who are really you know, off their face on arms um, so this is a, a nasty drug and it results in people 's death it results in violence it results in the smashing up of families it 's a terrible thing and for them to come and say oh it 's just a health issue it 's so foolish um, and it is all drugs, Uh, and as I say, along with Commissioner Kershaw, I don't know that I want to live in that city (laughs) where all drugs are uh, are, are so freely available, Um, and so it really is incumbent on us to, and for the protection of families, for the protection of children, for the protection of the city, it's worth getting on and signing that petition.
0: Anyone who's travelled overseas and to the United States, as I've been able to do, and uh, visited various states there where there's been decriminalisation of marijuana... Uh, you're in for all sorts of uh, major issues, advertising on television, uh, on mm-hmm. buses and billboards. Uh, in fact, it seems like there's endless advertising for the marijuana that's available. And just but to pick up on another issue here when you say uh, that it becomes a issue of drug tourism, uh, in the United States it appears to be that uh, when you've got this sort of thing happening, you've got the good people leave a state. And the bad people arrive in a state, and some people will say, "Just look at California as an example. That uh, mm. it's a an example where uh, there's been a, there's a transition going on. Uh, there are people who want to preserve their family leaving a state, and there are others who are into, as you say, like an organised crime uh, and uh, into uh, you know wanting to get, be part of a, a decriminalisation of marijuana. It, it, there's a transition that happens, Martin."
1: Mm. I think that is exactly right, Neil. And uh, I've been to America many times and continue to go pretty frequently. Uh, And uh, the thing is, I noticed when this decriminalization of marijuana happened, uh, it was no time before you had stores pop up on the high street. Uh, And you'd be walking along and you'd sort of be looking at a clothing store and then you'd be looking at a food store and then you'd turn and you'd go... Oh, whoa what's that <laughs> it's a it's a shop uh I think one of them was called the something tree it was called, but it was so modern and it was the most beautiful it looked like an apple um ice it looked like looked like a, an apple store uh and it was so modern and so slick and you could walk in there and you had these uh these screens, these touch screens where you'd, you'd select what kind of marijuana you wanted and then you'd go and pick it up at the counter. And I looked at the shop and thought, oh, that looks fancy. And then I realized what it was and I thought, that can't be right. You can't just make it so culturally integrated as that. And young people were walking in and tapping on the screen and walking out with marijuana. And I was shocked how many people I was coming across. Uh, who were evidently on marijuana. And I thought, this has changed the whole culture of the place. Uh, This is awful. And, of course, you get people from interstate coming in to get marijuana and all the rest of it. It's not a good thing. Uh, It changes the cultural complexion of a place. Totally agree with you. I've seen exactly the same thing. It actually hits you in the face. And it's a real difference compared to a few years ago when I used to go to America, uh, particularly these states where they have it legalised. And I'm quite sure. Uh, that this will change the ACT or change Canberra. Canberra is only a three hour drive from Sydney. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, it, it just makes things, makes the, the wrong stuff available to the wrong people.
0: Let's talk deception just for a moment here because there is an argument for the health benefits of marijuana and this may well be just uh, kicking that door or just a jar for all of these other hard drugs too. But uh, the health benefits issue which we occasionally talk about on this program with uh, education experts when it comes to drugs, uh, these sorts of things are even in the minds of Christians. And there is a certain sense here, and I'll get your perspective, Martin, at Christians who think that because there are some who identify some lower level, and sometimes I talk about tiers of Health benefits, first tier, second tier, third tier. So, so there are those who will say uh, because there are even like third tier benefits uh, because of some uh, health I- uh, benefits of this drug that somehow or other Christians embrace it. Any thoughts here on 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 what can happen with the deception uh, that uh, that somehow or other Christians can feel like there's something good about marijuana? So why don't we just decriminalise it? Any thoughts here?
1: Yeah, look, I've always said and ACL has always said you know there's no doubt that there are some parts of the marijuana plant that can uh, offer some health benefits but there's a way that we do that uh, in, in, in Australia, the way we deal with that, which is that we do clinical trials, we create medications and we make them available through the regulated system. Uh, that's how we control the abuse of drugs. That's how we uh, take those those uh, substances and those things which can be good for us in certain circumstances and we make them available strictly to those who need them with the supervision of the doctor. Uh, and so, you know, if there are oils, if there are parts of the marijuana plants that are good, fine, put them in medications, put them in tablets or crush them up and make them herbal remedies and put them in the chemist. you know. But there's a regulated system and there's a prescription system and there's a doctor-supervised system and there are clinical trials at play. I say, that's all right if we do that. What we're talking about with the, the legalization of marijuana typically, and this is true in the ACT, is someone just growing a plant in the backyard and smoking it. And we know without doubt, it is absolutely incontrovertible that people who do that go on to have all sorts of complications. It, uh, it creates, um, uh, it, it is not good for a person's mental condition. Uh, long-term use of uh, marijuana can create all sorts of things, psychosis, schizophrenia, all these kinds of things. Uh, also, the effect that it has on the person at the time in terms of their ability to relate, in terms of the things that they might do, their driving and all the rest of it. It's all really bad stuff. Uh, And there is maybe a deception, as you say, Neil, in the fact that people say, oh, well, it's natural, it's a plant, and therefore, why would it be so bad? Because it's not natural good. I just want to say that's not actually the Christian view of creation. Creation is fallen, and Romans 8 makes it clear that creation has been subjected to the fall ever since sin came into the world, and so too does Genesis 3. And the creation produces things now that it didn't produce before the fall, and it uses the example in Genesis 3 of thorns and thistles, Uh, but also you know, mind-altering substances that are not good for us. Uh, And so we've got to be very, very careful that we don't fall into the trap of saying natural equals good, because the natural is fallen, and so we need to treat it with discernment, with wisdom, and with care. And to the extent that there's something good here, Well, the dangers of it mean that it needs to go through the proper regulatory system, and that's what's missing in this whole area. Um, And the pure just legalisation of it is going to have very destructive effects on people's minds, Uh, and therefore people's families.
0: Well, we'll keep an eye on the developments as they happen in the ACT, and as we're aware, this is on the agenda also in Victoria, and there may be other states also talking about this. Another topic equally disturbing, as uh, turn our attention to Tasmania for a few moments, uh, adult entertainment at a a kids' event in Tasmania. Uh, What's happening in Tasmania you're concerned about, Martin?
1: Well, I also want to raise this one, Neil, kind of as an FYI to parents. Um, one of the things we're starting to see uh, quite often is that there are um, particularly representatives from LGBT communities, but not exclusively, uh, sometimes even the um, sometimes even with at, at slightly older levels, even from the uh, uh, prostitution pornography industries as well. But you often get uh, individuals come along to seemingly innocuous, Events or events that are advertised on a slightly different basis to children, uh, and as personalities who interact with the children, the children then can look them up on social media, and they turn out to have some pretty sordid involvements and pretty sordid pasts, and they tend to, they can be adult entertainers and they can be involved in all sorts of things. And I raise this Tasmanian example as but one event that uh, that, that, that that demonstrates this. It's the Launceston TCYC Pride Ball. Um, and it's open to children as young as 12. Now, I don't know how many listeners would be sending their children to the Launceston PCYC Pride Ball, but whilst it looks like it's child-appropriate, actually, those individuals in the lineup at that event uh, who are going along to entertain, uh, if you Google them and you look up their social medias, you will see sexually explicit stuff. You will see uh, stuff that's not appropriate, uh, that's bad for kids. And kids do. they meet somebody who is an entertainer or an influencer, they look them up online. Uh, This is something that uh, has been overlooked at the PCYC Pride Ball. It's not the first time we've seen it though at these kids events where the kid is influenced by someone they look them up and there's all sorts of horrible and sexual content for them to encounter and adult websites and all sorts of stuff. It's something for parents to be aware of uh, and also it's really something that the Tasmanian government should be on top of uh, and that really shouldn't go ahead.
0: Interestingly, there are those who will endorse an event like this and sometimes it's our political leaders and we might wonder whether their endorsement is intentional or accidental. But the Tasmanian Premier, Peter Gutwin, the Attorney-General, the Leader of the Opposition, Rebecca White, uh, lots and lots of state MPs, apparently uh, they're endorsing, uh, even sponsoring this event. Any thoughts here about political leaders and events like this?
1: Well, it's uh, it's ignorance, isn't it? I mean, they, they look at the event and they say, oh, yes, well, we're totally in favour of making sure that queer young people will have, you know, some some social outlet. Now, that's not the way that I think, but that's how so many politicians think, and that's what they're drawn into. And I think it'll be popular to put their name on it to show that they support, uh, you know, the, the community of diversity and LGBT and all the rest of it. Uh, but, uh, you know, with We've got to get the message out that there's more to this than meets the eye, Um, and that these politicians are endorsing an event where children are, in this particular instance, being introduced to entertainers and role models uh, who are completely not appropriate for children. Uh, And when they look them up, they're going to come across content that none of us want our children to see or to be a part of, uh, particularly at the age of 12. And there's a a big awareness piece here. A lot of politicians are quite resistant to the idea that uh, that this might be the wrong thing to do. Uh, But, you know, by raising this stuff and by talking about it, more politicians can be more careful on these things.
0: There's a sense, isn't there, that while the church, and talking broadly, has gone through its own uh, fiery... uh, Uh, way that that people have uh, been able to point out the faults of the church when it comes to children. Uh, We would recognise that there's been tremendous reform around that and uh, the church now to be able to point out where the innocence of children is being stolen like this, uh, this is going to be an important element for the future. Uh, Any thoughts here about uh, the innocence of children and the way the church needs to actually point these things out and, and defend children's innocence?
1: Well, you know, I think that that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to destroy children's innocence. I'm quite convinced of that, and I think that the sooner he can do it, the more opportunity he has to start to get involved in a kid's life and use uh, corrupting influences to control them and to, to lead them astray. Uh, and so really this is a force of evil, and it's a tragedy, as you say, Neil, that there have even been places in the church where children haven't been safe. Uh, which makes me realise that we just have to be ever vigilant. We have to be clear and understanding of uh, who it is that's interacting with the children. We need to check their backgrounds. We need to check their social media. Uh, We need to be careful where we send our children. And we just need to be alive to the fact that this is something that we can't be passive about. We can't afford to think that it's rare and unusual. It just isn't. It's sort of all over the place, and parents need to be very careful about it. And certainly Christians have always had a lot to say about the innocence and the protection of children, and I think that comes from Jesus, uh, who said that it would be better for a person to have a millstone cast around their neck and cast into the depths of the sea than to stumble uh, one of these little children. Uh, and I've always thought that was that's one of the most powerful things Jesus ever said, Uh, and especially for a Jewish rabbi to put children at the center, uh, particularly he was teaching at the time, and he put a child right in the center of the circle and started to speak, uh, and he welcomed them. And that was quite a cultural, uh, that was culturally unusual for a man in his position in in that day. Uh, And so he did elevate the status of a child, uh, and he did say that we must not stumble children, we must protect them. Um, and he said that, you know, even the person who has faith in me, he says it's faith like a little child. Uh, He uses them as the demonstration of the sort of faith that he seeks for us to have uh, in him. And so uh, Christians have always uh, had a very high regard for the innocence and protection of children. Yes, there have been some black marks, uh, but there always will be because, um, uh, you know, Satan is always out there looking to influence the minds of kids. We've got to be vigilant.
0: Well, Martin Isles, always such a privilege to get some insights. Uh, you do articulate responses on those issues so beautifully well, and uh, there'd been lots of other issues we might have got your insights on today too, issues around Ukraine and uh, developments that are happening there. But we'll put a line under our conversation today, but well, thank you so much. And you did mention that there were some uh, campaigns there, uh, there once, especially in the ACT, around uh, around decriminalisation of drugs. Uh, there's something there for act listeners to be able to participate in let me point people to the australian christian lobby website acl.org.au and you'll get all sorts of good resources understanding what's going on in the developments around australia martin isles is managing director of the australian christian lobby martin thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us today on 2020 thank you neil it's